بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الحمد لله نحمده تعالى ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهديه الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد So continuing with this series of lectures on the topic of remedying the uh, tight and heavy chest using the works of Al-Alamah Ibn Al-Qayyim and uh, Imam Muhammad Imam Aman Al-Jami So a quick recap of previous lesson Al-Imam Ibn Al-Qayyim he said وَمِنْهَا Among them يعني Among the causes that bring about alleviation to the chest Al-Inabah إِلَى اللَّهِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى Returning back to Allah Meaning turning back to Allah in repentance وَمَحَبَّتُهُ بِكُلِّ الْقَلْبِ And loving him with all of one's heart وَالْإِقْبَالَ عَلَيْهِ And advancing close to Allah وَالتَّنَاعٌ بِعِبَادَتِهِ And relishing, enjoying Sensing a, a form of delight By worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala فَلَا شَيْءْ أَشْرَحْ لِصَبْرِ الْعَبْدِ مِنْ ذَلِكَ And there is nothing that can bring about more relaxation to a person's chest than that. حَتَّى إِنَّهُ لَيَقُولُ أَحْيَانًا To such an extent that you might find a person at times saying, you might find this type of person saying, the one that is continuously repentant to Allah subhanahu the one that loves Allah with all of his heart, the one that draws closer to Allah jalla wa'az, and the one that senses delight and pleasure by worshipping Allah, that type of person, at times he may say, إِن كُنْتُ فِي الْجَنَّةِ فِي مِثْلِ هَذِهِ الْحَالَةِ فَإِنِّي إِذًا فِي عَيْشٍ طَيِّبٍ That type of person, he may say, that if I am going to be in Jannah, in a condition that is similar to this, that is similar to the relaxation and the pleasure that I experience by getting close to my Lord in this life if that sense of delight and pleasure that I have in this life by worshipping Allah is going to be similar to the pleasure and delight that I find in paradise that I experience in paradise then indeed I'm going to be living a good, good life then in paradise وَلِلْمَحَبَّةِ تَأْثِيرٌ عَجِيبٌ فِي انشراح صَدَرْ وَطِيبِ النَّفْسِ وَنَعِيمِ الْقَلْبِ لَا يَعْرِفُهُ إِلَّا مَنْ لَهُ حِسٌ بِهِ And loving, meaning loving Allah, has an amazing effect in relaxing the chest and bringing pleasure to the soul and rejoicement to the heart. And nobody knows this except the person who has actually tasted it. So in relation to this, Shaykh Muhammad Aman al-Jami, he made an important point. That loving Allah with all of your heart brings this about. And then he made a distinction between love. He separated two forms of love. You love Allah with all of your heart. All of your love should be for Allah. And then he made a distinction between two forms of love. So who remembers what is the differentiation that he made? Anybody? You can't love the, the uh, uh, action of love can't be directed to anyone at all. That term love, we know what love is. That term love, the action of it, can it not be directed to anybody? And it can only be directed to Allah? Uh, to others. Okay. So what was the taqseem that the shaykh made? The um, categorization that the shaykh made? Al-hub. We have to distinct, uh, make a separation. and uh, uh, We have to distinguish between al-hub fillah wal-hub ma'allah. There's a difference between the two. You can love somebody for Allah. So for example, there's a righteous person. A person that you consider to be pious, a person that you consider to be righteous, a person that you consider to be from the allies of Allah. You love him for the sake of Allah, that's something different. 
pious person, righteous person. You love him for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You love him because you consider him to be from the allies of Allah jalla wa az. So you need to separate between that and al-hub ma'allah. Love alongside Allah. Allah, he deserves love. And that love that he deserves cannot be directed to others besides him. What is that love that he deserves? What's the underlying characteristic of the love that Allah he, uh, deserves? What's up? Huh? Sing, okay, but the act of worship of mahabba, what's the essence of it? What's the essence of it? The Shaykh, he mentioned two characteristics. When does love turn into worship? So you love a person, and you love him because he's from... Uh, he's a righteous person so you love him when does that love that you have for him become the prohibited form of love when that love consists of khudur and tadallul when it consists of khudur and tadallul so when love consists of khudur yani uh, being submissive and tadallul being like in a broken, humiliated state. That state of being humiliated and broken and debased and al-khudur being submissive. When your love for a person has these two characteristics, then that love that you have for that person has now become the love of ibadah. That love that is an act of worship in and of itself. And it should only be directed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So a person who loves somebody, and he says, I love this person, and I love him for Allah. But he has submission towards him. He has debasement towards him. He has that type of nature, that type of characteristic, that only Allah deserves. He loves him like he should love Allah. He loves him in the same manner that Allah deserves to be loved. So for example, he says, that when I go to a certain, certain area in Cairo, for example, that I become overwhelmed with awe for a particular person. That person's died now, but his grave is there, his tomb is there, his shrine is there. I become overwhelmed in love for him. That is the love of khudu and tadallud, that love that is only deserved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is the love of ibadah. There and after. The Shaykh he mentioned. And he made an example of Ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah. What did he mention about Ibn Taymiyyah? That when it's the case that the love, all of a person's love, i.e. love of ibadah, is directed solely to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the person's heart, it becomes munsharah. Regardless of what type of test and calamity a person is tested with. Then he made a mention of something concerning Ibn Taymiyyah. Does anybody remember? Anybody? Uh-huh. Which troubles did he mention of Ibn Taymiyyah? That he uh, had a, a bill that came through from... Uh, United Utilities, and you said, what shall I do? Ah. Exactly. Imam Ibn Taymiyyah, he was put in prison. Imam Ibn Taymiyyah, he was persecuted. Yet, unlike other people, unlike ourselves, that when we are tested with a calamity, when we're tested with a problem in life, when we're tested with problems with family, with financial problems, what happens? The person, he ends up becoming weak. We say, the brother's gone weak. You don't see him at the masjid anymore. You don't see him at the lessons anymore. You don't see him studying anymore. Why? Because he's got a marital problem, for example. And now because of that musibah in his life, no longer is he attending the circles of knowledge. Ibn Taymiyyah, the actual, the absolute opposite. Ibn Taymiyyah, when it was the case that he was put in prison, that is when he started to author. Ibn Taymiyyah, when he was... Uh, um, uh, uh, expelled from the his homeland 
Then what does he do? He finds a masjid, finds a seat, sits on the seat, starts to teach. Well, it's the case that you're expelled from your homeland, persecuted, imprisoned. That is when Ibn Taymiyyah, he seized it as an opportunity of becoming closer to Allah subhanahu and then we made a, a brief mention of a, another example, a more con, a contemporary example. Somebody who was tested, somebody who was tried with trials and tribulation. Yet in spite of that, we see, and he makes a mention of when it's the case that he draws closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that is, when, that is when all of his problems disappear. Who was that? Sheikh Al-Bani, you're close, Muhaddith. Sheikh Mokbil. So what did he say? Sorry? Uh. Okay, what's the exact statement? Uh. Uh. Bukhari wa Muslim. Haddathana Fulan. We're getting somewhere. Hey. He says that, after his introduction, he says that, when it's the case, I open up Sahih al-Bukhari When it's the case that I open up Sahih Muslim These are books of hadith In which authentic narrations of Our Prophet Muhammad have been collected When I open up these books of hadith And I read yeah, Imam Bukhari said So and so narrated to me That so and so narrated to me That so and so narrated That the Messenger of Allah والسلام, Said When I read these uh, narrations All of my problems All of my difficulties all of my all of my worldly issues they disappear all of my problems they disappear that's an example of a contemporary example somebody that is from our time of our era who he said was persecuted people tried to assassinate him he was in a masjid in Sana'a for example at one time and a bomb went off in an, in an attempt uh, to assassinate him I think one or two people got killed and a few people got injured so the point is uh, that uh, Imam Muqbil Ibn Hadi al-Wadi'i Rahimahullah He was a person that underwent difficulty Perhaps if we just lived The standard of life that he lived Then we'd say that we'd be living in a life of difficulty Just the standard of life that he had Mud hut No electricity No running water Beans in the morning Beans in the evening And just rice with a bit of potato in the afternoon, no protein, uh, no vitamins, no supplements, none of that. We'd say we'd be living a difficult life. But in, on top of that, he was persecuted by the different deviated factions. Yet in spite of that, when he reads the books of Hadith, that is when his chest becomes expanded. Unlike us, when it's the case that problems come in our life, then we stop getting closer to Allah. But so concerning this type of person, Concerning the type of person who gets close to Allah, he's repentant to Allah, and he tastes a form of relishment and delight by worshipping Allah. Ibn Al-Qaim, he says about him, وَكُلَّمَا كَانَتْ أَقْوَى وَأَشْرَحْ Whenever it is the case that the love that this person has for Allah becomes stronger, becomes more intense, then his chest becomes more spacious and more relaxed and this type of person when does his chest become tight when, do, when is it the case that his chest becomes uneasy and agitated it becomes uneasy and tight and suffocating when he sees the heedless people the people that are inactive idle heedless heedless and inactive from this heedless and inactive from turning to Allah in repentance heedless and inactive and idle from Getting close to Allah and relishing from worshipping Him, subhanahu. So when this type of believing man sees e uh, 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 idle, lazy, inactive people, people that aren't really bothered about getting close to Allah, subhanahu, 
these type of people when he sees them that is what causes him to become suffocated seeing them is an eyesore seeing them it sores his eyes and mixing and intermingling with those type of people it agitates him it's like having a fever when he sees people that are idle when he sees people that are inactive inactive from what? inactive from entertainment? no inactive from ibadah inactive from getting close to Allah inactive from repenting for their mistakes everybody makes mistakes but these people they are persistent and continuous out in open sinning against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so when a man such as this believing man sees these type of people they're an eyesore to him if somebody gets some dust and he throws it in your eyes your eyes they become sore they, they hurt your eye in a similar fashion when this type of person sees those who are idle from Allah heedless from Allah seeing them sores his eyes and if he mixes with them it's as though he's been struck with a fever so Shaykh Muhammad Iman al-Jami he says عندما يختلط بالبطالين أصحاب البطالة المعرضين عن الله المعرضين عن التعليم المنشغلين بدنياهم وما يهيهم عن الله هؤلاء أصحاب البطالة الفارغين لجهلهم رؤيتهم قذى عينه so when this person he intermingles he mixes with these inactive idle people these people that have turned away from Allah turned away from studying those type of people that have become preoccupied with their dunya such preoccupation that causes them to be diverted from Allah these people these people that are inactive these people that are idle these people that are idle because of their ignorance seeing them it sows his eye رؤيت أمثال هؤلاء عند ابن القيم وغيره قضى عينه يتقزز ويتأذى برؤية هؤلاء إمام ابن القيم and his likes those righteous men like Imam ibn al-Qayyim and that category of people that category of righteous men when they see people who are idle from worshipping Allah they become disgusted they become disgusted and they sense a form of pain by seeing people who are idle why? إذ ليس بإمكانه هدايتهم وتعليمهم جميعا ودعوتهم إلى الله ماذا يعمل why is it the case that these people their eye becomes sore and their soul becomes agitated as though they've been struck with a fever when they see heedless idle people why? Because it's not possible for them to guide everybody. It's not possible for them to teach and direct everybody. It's not possible for them to preach to everybody. They say to themselves, what can I do? I see everybody, they're heedless. All of these people, they're idle. And as a result of that, they sense a form of pain. Shaykh Muhammad Amar al-Jami, he says, Al-Maqahi wa-Shawari mala'a bi-amthal ha'ula لَيْسَ لَهُ حِيلَ فِي هِدَايَتِهِمْ وَإِرْشَادِهِمْ لِذَلِكَ يَتَأَذَّى So he says, the coffee shops, the streets, they're filled with these type of people. And it's not possible for him to guide and direct all of these people. For that reason he becomes struck with pain. For that reason he feels harm in himself. He feels hurt. Huh? For example, يَوْمُ الْعِيدِ يَوْمُ الْعِيدِ comes after... 30 days of fasting in the month of Ramadan Taraweeh, Qiyam al-Layl, fasting, Qiraat al-Qur'an Everybody's doing so Those people who are observant generally throughout the year They are observant of their deen and those that are lacking in that regard When Ramadan comes you find the vast majority of people reciting Qur'an well, uh, siyam, fasting, tahajjud and so on and so forth but then as soon as Eid comes all you have to do is what? you go to Wimslow, Wimslow Road 
And then you have those very same people that were engaged in ibadah. Wimsdale Road comes on Yom Al-Eid, on the night. You have uh, a bottle of al-Khamar uh, uh, in one hand and he has a uh, Pakistani flag in one hand and he's saying uh, Eid Mubarak. So when Imam Ibn Al-Qaim and their likes, when they would see these type of people in the streets, in the coffee shops, in the restaurants, and they are idle from Allah, sinning against Allah, what happens? Huh? Their eye becomes sore by seeing these type of people. All you have to do is go to Wimslow Road and you can see what Shaykh Muhammad Amal Jami is referring to when he's saying Al-Maqahi wa Shawari' when he's talking about the coffee places when he's talking about the streets go to Edgware Road in London or just hear about it or any other uh, road that is similar to that Muslim brothers and Muslim sisters heedless of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it's as though they've forgotten that Allah Jalla wa Az He is the very same Lord that they were worshipping just a few nights ago when Ramadan was here now Ramadan has gone it's as though they have forgotten Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inactive idle heedless lazy from fulfilling the rights of Allah jalla as it deserves to be fulfilled mixing with these people Imam Ibn Qayyim he says mixing with them it's like a fever for his soul it agitates his soul so when he mixes with these type of people, they cause his soul to become sick. They cause his soul to become ailing and sick. So for that reason, these type of righteous men like Ibn Taymiyyah, Ibn Al-Qayyim, the ulama, for that reason they find that prison it's a form of seclusion for them. So they find that prison is a form of seclusion for them. In that seclusion, they, with, they, they are with Allah. And He aids them, and He assists them, and He grants them success, and all of that helps them in their procession towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Next suburb, next avenue, next means, next cause that Ibn al-Qayyim mentions concerning uh, relaxation of the chest. So he says, From the greatest causes and the greatest means and the greatest reasons for the chest being tightened and suffocating and distressed and, and so on and so forth is Al-I'rab Anillahi Ta'ala turning away from Allah the Most High and the heart being attached to someone and to something besides Allah and being heedless from remembering Allah and mentioning Allah, making dhikr of Allah. And loving someone and something besides Allah. That will cause your chest to become tightened. For indeed the one who loves something besides Allah, he'll be agonized by it. He'll be tortured by it. If you love someone and something besides Allah in a manner that isn't befitting for you to love that thing, love that person, then your heart will become imprisoned by that person. Imprisoned by that thing that you love, by that person that you love. فَمَا فِي الْأَرْضِ أَشْقَى مِنْهُ وَلَا أَكْسَفْ بَالًا وَلَا أَنْكَدْ عَيْشًا وَلَا أَتَعَبْ قَلْبًا So as a result of that, as a result of loving someone, loving something, besides Allah, either in a manner that Allah deserves to be loved, or just an impermissible form of love. Loving somebody at the expense of Allah Jalla wa'ala's pleasure. When you do that, then there's going to be nobody upon the face of the earth 
that is going to be more wretched than you that is going to have a state that is more gloomier than your state there's going to be nobody that's going to be more bitter than you more bitter and more uh, uh, bitter and if you, if you say something to him he snaps at you more what's the word uh, what's the word grandpa style what did you say no 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 you know like uh, grumpy and what's the word there's a word for it no 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 there's a word for it two seconds when somebody says something to you and you're like what is it what do you want what do you want always irritated that's it irritated irritable right there's going to be nobody more irritable than you when your heart has been captivated and imprisoned by love of someone else besides Allah regardless of whether that love is the love that reaches the level of shirk or the love that is impermissible but doesn't lead, lead to the level of shirk there's going to be nobody that is more uh, gloomier than you more wretched than you and there's going to be nobody whose uh, life is more bitter and more irritable than you who's going to be more irritable than you uh, nobody that's going to have a hard, harder heart than you so then concerning this al imam uh, Muhammad Amman al Jami, he says, "Yamkur al Allah ibn al Qayyim al Da' liyasif al Dawa." So the subject matter of 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 our of our lectures is concerning alleviation and relaxation of the chest. However, here, al Imam ibn al Qayyim makes a, makes a mention of the actual disease and the ailment in order to prescribe and to uh, uh, qualify and and describe. The cure. من أعظم أسباب ضيق الصدر الإعراض عن الله. So from the greatest means of your chest becoming tight and constrained is turning away from Allah and attaching one's heart to other than Allah and being heedless from remembering Allah. Now Sheikh Muhammad Amal Jami he makes a mention of the fact that. Uh, this turning away from Allah it could lead to ridda it could lead to apostasy it could lead to apostasy وَقَدْ عَدَّ بَعْضُ أَهْلِ الْعِلْمِ الْإِعْرَادِ عَنْ مِيرِ اللَّهِ تَبَارَكَ وَتَعَالَى مِنْ نَوَاقِدِ الْإِسْلَامِ some of the scholars they have uh, included turning away from the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as one of the nullifiers of Islam for example Shaykh Muhammad uh, Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab he mentions, mentions in Nawaqid al-Islam in the book of his the nullifiers of Islam al-Ashir uh, the 10th nullifier al-I'rab an deenillah turning away from the deen of Allah to the extent because there's a certain extent obviously not all I'rab is considered apostasy الإعراض عن دين الله لا لا يتعل لا يتعلمه ولا يعمل به. To the extent that a person does not study the deen and does not act by it, a person does not study at all. He doesn't raise his head, as Sheikh Muhammad Al Jami he says, he doesn't raise his head at all to study the deen. <coughs> Those matters are obligatory for him to study, and he doesn't act by that. And then Sheikh Muhammad Aman, uh, Muhammad Ibn Abdul Wahhab. He cites from the Quran an ayah using it as a proof for this nullifier when he says uh, the ayah from uh, Surah As-Sajda, ayah 22. Who is more oppressive than the one who, when he is reminded with the ayat of Allah, with the ayat of his Lord, he turns away from them. He makes this i'rab. Indeed, we shall seek revenge and we shall gain revenge from the, from the criminals. So Shaykh Muhammad Amal al-Jami, he then again, he re- reiterates this fact. Al-i'rab al-deen wa'amma ja'a bihi al-Nabi alayhi salatu wa salam bihaith la yashtaghilu bita'allumihi wal'amal bihi bal la yubali bihi wa la yarfa'u ra'sahu lita'allum al-huda al-lazhi ja'a bihi al-Nabi alayhi salatu wa salam هذا الإعراض قد يصل إلى حد الكفر وهو معدود من نواقض الإسلام. 
So turning away from the deen of Allah to such an extent that a person doesn't raise his head to study, study what is obligatory upon the person to study, that could, that may perhaps reach to the extent of apostasy, reach to the extent of him being ejected from the fold of Islam. Oh yeah. Then Sheikh Muhammad Imam al-Jami, he uh, comments about the point when uh, Imam Ibn al-Qayyim, he said, or being heedless from making dhikr of Allah. لَا يَذْكُرُ اللَّهِ لَا يَكَادْ يَذْكُرُ اللَّهِ مَشْغُولٌ بِمَا تَعَلَّقَ بِهِ قَلْبُهُ So the person who has this i'rab from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he doesn't remember Allah. His heart is preoccupied and busy and preoccupied with whatever his heart is attached to. وَمَحَبَّتْ سِوَاهُ And loving something or someone besides Allah. مِمَّا يُسَبِّبْ ذِيقَ الصَّدَرِ This is something that can bring about repression to the chest. مَحَبَّتُ غَيْرِ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى مَحَبَّتْ لَا تَلِيقُ إِلَّا بِاللَّهِ كَمَا تَقَدَّمْ فَإِنَّ مَنْ أَحَبَّ شَيْئًا غَيْرَ اللَّهِ عُذِّبَ بِهِ يَكُونُ دَائِمًا مَشْغُولٌ بِهَذَا الْمَخْلُوقِ الَّذِي أَحَبَّهُ فَهُوَ إِنْ أَحَبَّهُ لِكَوْنِهِ شَيْخِهِ أو رَئِيسِهِ أو أَحَبَّ مَالَهُ وَدُنْيَاهُ شَغَلَهُ مَالُهُ وَدُنْيَاهُ عَنْ ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى وَسَبَّبَ ذَلِكَ لَهُ الْإِعْرَابِ عَلِ اللَّهِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى وَشُغِيلَ So Shaykh Muhammad Imam al-Jami he says that the one who loves something besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he loves a shaykh of his he loves a leader of his, يعني a peer of his. A wali of Allah that he claims to have love for. The one that becomes infatuated with that type of person, with that ra'is, or he becomes infatuated with his love, and becomes with his wealth, and becomes preoccupied with those matters, then that will bring about, that will be a cause of him turning away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if it's the case that that love has khudur and tadallun, if it's the case that that love has submission and debasement, then that is shirk akbar from those things that negate a person's Islam. Then Shaykh Muhammad Imam al-Jami, he says, يَذْكُرْ الْعَلَّامَةِ إِبْنُ الْقَيِّمِ فِي بَعْدِ كُتُبِهِ إِنَّمَا كَانَ الشِّرْكُ أَعْظَمُ الظُّنُوبِ وَأَنَّ مَنْ مَاتَ عَلَيْهِ لَا يُغْفَلْ لَهُ وَيَكُونُ خَالِدًا مُخَلَّدًا فِي النَّارِ He says that Imam Ibn Al-Qaim, he says in one of his books, that shirk, polytheism, associating partners with Allah, directing the right of Allah to others besides Allah, that is considered the greatest of crimes, the greatest of sins, and that the one who dies having committed shirk, the one that dies having committed polytheism, the one that dies having associated partners with Allah, shall be damned to the fire of hell for eternity. Why? لِأَنَّ الشِّرْكِ تَنْقُصُ بِهِ مَحَبَّةُ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى Because shirk, in reality, what does it do? When you associate a partner with Allah, then as a result of that, love for Allah in your heart, it will decrease. Love for Allah, it decreases. And, Mahabbatullahi ruh al-Iman. But Mahabbah of Allah, that's the ruh of Iman. That's the soul of Iman. That's the essence of Iman. If you commit shirk, then that decreases love of Allah. And love of Allah, that's meant to be the soul of a person's faith. Al-Iman biduni mahabbatillah kal-jasad alladhi bila ruh. A person claiming to have faith, yet doesn't have love of Allah, then that is like a body that doesn't have a soul inside it. It's like a dead body. So the person who claims to have Iman, but doesn't have love of Allah, then that person's iman is iman in shakli. It's a superficial iman. Not a real iman. إِذَا أَشْرَكَ مَعَ اللَّهِ فِي مِثْلِ هَذِي الْمَحَبَّةِ الْعَظِيمَةِ وَهَذَا الْعُنْصَرَ الْعَظِيمِ مِنْ عَنَاصِرِ الْإِيمَانِ إِنْ قَسَمَتْ هَذِي الْمَحَبَّةِ قِسْمَيْنِ قِسْمٌ لِلَّهِ 
وقسم لغير الله نقصت المحبه لذلك اصبح الشرك من اعظم الذنوب so that is the reason why shirk is the greatest sin why because when a person associates someone else as a partner alongside Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then his mahabba has become divided a portion for Allah and a portion for other than Allah and thus his love for Allah has decreased that is the reason why shirk is the greatest crime طيب and then Imam Ibn Qayyim he says فَإِنَّ مَنْ أَحَبَّ شَيْءٍ غَيْرَ اللَّهُ عُذِّبَ بِهِ For indeed the person who loves something besides Allah, he'll be agonized by it. He'll be tortured by it. He'll be punished by it. He'll be tortured by it. Regardless of whether that love is love of shirk, or you loving somebody at the expense of pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or you loving something at the expense of Allah Somebody says to you, listen, I'm gonna be your friend or I'll be whatever, I'll be your friend or I'll be an associate of yours, I'll be a companion of yours, I'll be whatever of yours. However, this uh, praying or this uh, fasting in the month of Ramadan, you need to give it up. You need to give it up. If you really love me, give it up. Don't fast in Ramadan. A person here, he's loving somebody, and loving somebody generally is permissible, as Sheikh Muhammad Iman mentioned previously, the mahabba tabi'iyya, the natural love that you have for your child, for your wife, for your mother, your father, the natural inclination that you have towards wealth. However, when it's the case that you love those things over and above Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, over and above obeying Allah jalla wa'az, then it becomes impermissible. So, for example, a person says that I'm your friend, I'll be your whatever. However, don't fast in Ramadan. You obey them in that regard, you love them to such an extent that you don't fast in Ramadan, that it, now you have become imprisoned by their love. And when you become imprisoned by love of them, then you're tortured by their love. And Imam Ibn Qayyim, he mentions in other places, that someone who loves someone else or something else besides Allah, he's tortured by that thing or by that person in the dunya at three different stages. At three different stages. Imagine you love, for example, a man he loves a woman that he wants to be with. And the love that he has, it's the love that becomes impermissible. That man, he is tortured. Love is meant to bring about what? Relaxation, joy, and all those type of uh, fancy things. That man who loves that individual, or that woman that loves that individual, they are being tortured by that person's love at three stages. Number one, when they're in pursuit of that person. <laughs> they haven't got that person yet. But they're in pursuit of that person. They want to get that person. They want to be in a relationship with that person. So when they are chasing that person, after that person, in pursuit of that person, laboring after that relationship, are they experiencing any form of joy? Any pleasure? Any delight? Yes or no? You're not, huh? You're not. But when that person gets that person, or when you get that dunyawi matter, for example, wealth. So you're chasing after some type of haram, dunyawi matter, wealth, for example. Chasing after it, it's adab, it's, it's torture, it's painful. You have to uh, perhaps toil and you have to, madriyesh, uh, and you have to do things in order to get that dunyawi matter. You have to travel, for example, I don't know, to Mexico in some jungle because there's a farm that you want to purchase there and there's some impermissible matter involved in that regard. So you have to toil and you have to labor in order to attain that dunyawi matter. So that's one type of adab that you're going through prior to attaining it. The adab of prior to attaining it. But now once you've got it... Once you've got that dunyawi matter, once you've got that business, once you've got that money, once you've got that woman, once you've got that man, still, 
There is an azab. There's a torture that you're undergoing. What's the torture that you're undergoing? Once you've got that thing. You, you've got that thing now. You've got that person. You're married to that person. You've got that dunya matter now. You've, uh, you've, you've got your million pounds now, for example. What's the azab that you're going through now? Yeah, but why? Why, why, are you, why are you still being tortured and in a state of agony? Huh? Exactly. You're still trying to keep hold of it. Yeah, I've got her now, but is she going to stay with me? Is she going to leave me? I've got him now, but is he going to stay or is he going to leave me? I've got the money now, but what if somebody hacks into my bank account and takes away all my money? I've got all of that land, I've got those properties now, but what if I lose them? They get destroyed. So not just in pursuit of that thing do you go through adab, but once you've acquired it, you go through an adab. You go through pain as a result of being fearful. Well, am I going to keep it or is it going to somehow end up leaving me? Exactly. Exactly, that's right. That's right. The brother said some of the millionaires, they want a second million. And then the third type, uh, the third type of torture uh, is what? What's the third type of torture? Ash? That's inclusive of the second one. So it's gone. Once it's gone, it's going to go one day, isn't it, inevitably? One day you're going to leave it. Whether that thing leaves you while you're still alive, or whether it leaves you, i.e. when your soul starts to reach your collarbone. So that is another type of... That's, that, that's the thing that you were infatuated with. That's the thing that you loved to uh, a level that was incomparable. So now, when you're departing from that thing, and you're leaving that thing, it's torturous. That's why you find people, you might hear stories of people, many stories, that a person, he's on his deathbed, and what's he doing? What's he doing? He's singing some lyrics from some song. Why? Because he was infatuated with the music. Or he's, uh, 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 he's remembering his beloved. You get some people at the point of death. What's he doing? He's saying, no, no, no. Yeah, and he, yeah, and he's, he's accounting. He's doing accounting at death. You're in pain. Death isn't, regardless of who you are, إِنَّا لِلْمَوْتِ sakarat, As the Messenger said, indeed, death has its sakarat, death has its pain, its agonies. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa the most beloved of creation to Allah, he says that at the time of death. إِنَّا لِلْمَوْتِ لِلْمَوْتِ sakarat. So now, if it's the case that death has agonies, you'd think, oh, when death is so painful, no one's really going to be saying anything that's related to business. But yes, you find people at the point of death, soul is being removed, and he's uh, doing his, his accounting. He's doing a two at two equals this, or I've got this much of debt, and whatever. Right? He's doing accounts at the point of death. So the point being is that when a person loves something besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, gives precedence to something over and above Allah jalla wa'az, you become tortured by it. You become agonized by it. In this life, at three different stages. Prior to it, because you have to work hard to get it. Number two, when you've got it, why? Because you're always fearful. Am I going to have it? Or is it going to be stripped away from me? And number three, once that thing departs. Once that thing departs. Likewise in your grave, Ibn Qayyim, he says in other places. Even in your grave. Even when you're in dead in your grave. Now you know there is because... For example, in this life, if you have a million pounds and you become infatuated with that million pound and it's stripped away from you, you still think perhaps there's a chance that I could still regain that money. Perhaps there's a way where I could uh, regain that money or go into another investment and make a million again. However, once you're dead in your grave, then you know that there is no way, shape or form at all in me being able to get that thing back again. There's a barrier now between me and my beloved. Me and the woman that I loved. Me and the man that, was, uh, that I was after. Me and the money, the land, status, whatever. 
There's a barrier now and it's a permanent barrier. So Imam Ibn Qayyim he says, تَعْمَلْ الْهَمْ وَالْغَمْ وَالْحُزْنِ فِي رُوحِهِ كَمَا تَعْمَلْ الْدِّدَانِ فِي جَسَدِهِ وَالْحَوَامْ فِي جَسَدِهِ كَمَا تَعْمَلْ الْدِّدَانِ وَالْحَوَامْ فِي جَسَدِهِ That grief and sadness and sorrow, they eat away at that person's soul. When he's in his grave, just like the uh, worms and the vermins and the insects that are inside of your grave eat away at your body. The insects and the worms and the spiders and the vermins in the grave, what do they do? They chew on your body, don't they? They eat away at your body. They feast over your body. In a similar way, the person who was attached to this dunya and he loved those things over and above Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now when he's in his grave there's a barrier between him and those beloved things so now grief and sorrow is eating away at his soul just as the vermins and the worms and the spiders in the grave are eating away at his soul so the Shaykh Muhammad al Jami he says لِأَنَّهُمْ مَشْغُولٌ وَهُوَ لَا يَنْفَعُهُ ولا يضره وسجن قلبه في محبة ذلك الغير وفتنة فأعرض عن الله وذلك المحبوب لا يقدم ولا يؤخر ولا يؤخر ولا ينفعه في شيء So the one who loves something other than Allah he becomes imprisoned by it and he becomes tortured by it Why? Because he becomes preoccupied with that thing and that thing is of no benefit doesn't benefit him and doesn't harm him Thus he becomes imprisoned by that thing And he becomes put to trial by that thing And as a result of that He turns away from Allah and That thing doesn't be, is of no benefit to him That thing that he loves is of no benefit to him فَمَا فِي الْأَرْضِ أَشْقَى مِنْهُ وَلَا أَكْسَفُ مِنْهُ بَالًا وَلَا أَنْكَدُ عَيْشًا وَلَا أَتَعْبُ قَلْبًا So there is nobody upon earth that is more wretched than him Nor in a more gloomy state than him no more bitter and more irritable and having a more irritable life than him and know somebody who has a more harder heart than his why? لأنه صرف هذا المعنى العظيم كله أو جله لغير الله تعالى فحرم محبة الله ومعية الله الخاصة وعونه وتوفيقه فلم يستفد من محبة غيره so the one who loves someone besides Allah, he experiences, experiences all of these horrible states of being. Why? Because he directed this great thing of loving Allah. He directed it, or a great portion of it, to others besides Allah. And when he directed this love of Allah to others besides Allah, then being able to love Allah was made haram for him. Being able to love Allah became prohibited for him. Having that close, specific, special closeness with Allah, it became haram for him. It became impossible for him to achieve. Being aided by Allah became impossible for him to achieve. Being granted success from Allah became impossible for him to achieve. And thus as a result of that, him loving something besides of Allah was useless to, for him. Then Imam Ibn Al-Qayyim he says فَهُمَا مَحَبَّتَانِ Because love is of two types مَحَبَّتْ هِيَ جَنَّةُ الدُّنْيَا وَسُرُورُ النَّفْسِ وَلَذَّةُ الْقَلْبِ وَنَعِيمُ الْرُوحِ وَغِذَاؤُهَا وَدَوَاؤُهَا بَلْ حَيَاتُهَا وَقُرَّةُ عَيْنُهَا وَهِيَ مَحَبَّتُ اللَّهِ وَحْدَهُ بِكُلِّ الْقَلْبِ وَانْجِذَابْ قَوَلْمَيْلِ Love is of two types. One form, is, one form of love is the love that is paradise on earth. It is the uh, rejoicement of the spirit. It is the, the, the gratification and the uh, relishment of the heart. It is bliss of the soul. It is the nourishment of the soul. It is the cure of the soul. It is rather the life of the soul and the delight of the eye of the soul 
And it is loving Allah with all of your heart and drawing out and directing the intensities of one's wants and uh, of one's uh, 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 يعني, uh, wants and one's inclinations and one's attachments and love to others to, to uh, all of it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala what is the love that is paradise on earth that love is all of your attachments all of your wants all of your love the intensity of that directing it solely to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that is the first form of love and that's paradise on earth paradise on earth isn't being on a beach in I don't know in some West Indian country, Jamaica or Barbados or something like this no that's not paradise on earth paradise on earth is drawing out Imam Ibn Al-Qaim says drawing out all of the intensity of one's attachments and of one's love and of one's uh, uh, inclinations drawing out those intensities and directing those intensities to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in their entirety that's one form of love and that's paradise on earth the second one the second form of love is the punishment of the soul and the sadness of the spirit and the prison of the heart and the tightness of the chest and it this type of love is the cause of bringing about pain bringing about irritability being irritable and grumpy and uh, miserable and bringing about ana weariness yani mental weariness not not physical weariness mental weariness spiritual weariness weariness from inside your heart becoming exhausted and weary and tired this type of love is loving someone besides Allah this love is loving someone besides Allah so concerning this Shaykh Muhammad Aman Al-Jami he says and we'll conclude with this what we'll do is we'll um, we'll conclude at this point and then inshallah ta'ala we'll just continue next week Allah ta'ala a'lam wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen